You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. As I said this morning, um, on days like this, I'm going to hold off on my normal... um, series that I've been in, and I get to go back and preach some messages that were a blessing to my heart and, uh, and enjoy covering those subject matters. So open your Bibles tonight. We're going to be in the book of Daniel, chapter 1. Daniel, chapter 1. Everybody in a good mood tonight? Smiley? Okay, look like you need a little help. So, um, let's see. How, let's see if I can get the whole detail on this. So, so what do you get? I'm trying to remember all these details. When you throw a bomb in a French restaurant, did I say it right? They're too ashamed to even nod their head. So what do you get when you throw a bomb in a French restaurant? Linoleum blow apart. Blown apart. I messed it up. (laughs) Napoleon. Bonaparte. Okay, here's a better one. So what do you get if you throw a parakeet through a screen door? Shredded tweet. Okay. But I'm going to stop on that. So... Nothing to do with the passage here tonight, but now that your hearts are prepared and ready for the preaching of the Word tonight, all right. Daniel chapter 1 is where we're going to be tonight. Can I kind of walk through some passages here? If you still have the gold paint on the uh, outside of your Bible cover there, you'll probably wear a little bit of that off in in that passage here in the book of Daniel. Years ago, and I was kind of surprised how many years ago it was, it's been five years ago, I... um, I uh, walked through a series on this, and I remember this particular message. And honestly, if you'd asked me how long ago I preached this message, I would have said about a year and a half, two years ago. And I look at the date on here, and it's five years ago. So as we've been saying, as you age and you're trying to look backwards on how long ago something has been, you'll come closer to hitting the right date if you'll double how long you think it has been. And I would have still missed it. Uh, still have been too shy of that. So, Daniel chapter 1. <clears throat> so, just a little question before we get started. And you don't have to raise your hands. As a matter of fact, I don't want you to raise your hands. But um, do you have a regular time where you get alone with the Lord every day? And we call them devotions, if you want to call it that. And sometimes that becomes so clinical sounding that um, it really misses the mark as far as what I'm asking. But do you have a time where you get alone and let God talk to you and you talk to God and it's real, it's from the heart and it's, um, it helps your day get started off right. And uh, uh, it's been a few times in our marriage, my wife has looked at me and said, honey, have you had your devotions today? I'm like, why are you asking? Well, just wondered. I mean, to get your day started right, you have a walk with God, 
things honestly do go better, and um, you just seem to figure things out so much uh, greater. And if, if you don't have a time of devotions every day, I really want to challenge you. Would you please consider, as we work our way through this chapter or these chapters here tonight, these passages, that would you consider making sure that my time with God is paramount to my walk with God and how my day is going to go? So let's start in Daniel chapter 1, if you will, um, and look in verse 1. We're going to read through these first eight verses This will be familiar territory to all of us tonight, should be. But notice in verse 1, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it, or attacked it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his small g, God, And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace." and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and uh, to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Listen to verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile Himself, And as you know, the story goes, um, he was uh, concerned to allow Daniel this special request. He thought that if he let him eat the things they wanted to eat, that they would um, be worse liking, I think is how it was worded later on, to the king, and that the king would not be happy with them. And he says, just try it, just let us try it, and we'll show you. And he let him try it, and they looked so much better than all the other guys that ate the king's meat and drank the king's wine and so forth. And you know how the rest of the story goes. But verse 8, key to uh, where I want to get started with tonight, Daniel purposed in his heart, and I'll just put it this way, that he would not do those things, but that he would keep the commitments he had made to God. Let's have prayer here, and then we'll get into tonight's message. God, thank you for letting us be here again tonight and bringing us here safely this evening. And Lord, we want to lay open our hearts tonight and pray that you'll uh, walk with us, Father, in your word tonight and plant principles in us lord pull things out that should not be there and i'm asking that your holy spirit will minister to every heart and soul tonight as we give you all the glory and honor for it in jesus name we pray amen um you want to hold your place there in daniel see how quick you can find the book of luke 19 luke 19 you get there say snowman snowman 
Okay. Luke uh, 19. Okay. Now drop down to verse 17. I want you to notice a principle that the Lord lays out for us here in the midst of this context. And verse, uh, notice verse 17, the Bible says, And he said unto him, um, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful, notice the wording, thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. Now, of course, this is futuristic speaking, but the principle cannot be hidden there. Somebody had been faithful in some real small things in life. Consequently, when it came time for rewards, God granted them huge rewards. Uh, ten, ruler over ten cities, can you imagine that? Because he was just faithful in the, listen to this, he was faithful in the little things in life. And the Bible principle that is taught in numbers of places is, is, like I just said, is if you'll be faithful in the little things, God can then entrust us with the bigger things in life. But if we can't be faithful in the little things, please understand this and stay with me and I'll work my way through this. This message will be done fairly good time tonight. If we can't be faithful in the little things, what makes us think we'll be responsible with the bigger things? The principle is, if you're faithful with the little things, God knows I can trust you with the bigger things. God will work us right up the ladder. He'll give us something a little bit more and then a little bit more. And as we are faithful in each one of those stages, God can trust us with more. But you say, man, I wish I had the, the big things, the, all the, oh, the money, all the possessions, or that really nice house or that really nice car. How come everybody else seems, or those people seem to get those things? And I just don't seem to get anything like that. Sometimes it's just God's plan for your life and you need to know how to be content with where you are with things. But honestly, the principle that in, that's at play here is also maybe it's because you've not shown God that you can be faithful with the small things in life. Why would he entrust you with his, his possessions, because that's what it is, and give you something bigger to mess up as well? Do we understand that? And so the, the principle is be faithful with what you have in hand right now. If it's small, if it's great, uh, make sure you are faithful with the things that God has, uh, has given to you. So um, we hear the story many times of the person who started at the bottom of the, you know, the janitor of some large business and worked his way up to being the manager of a store. I mean, it's those uh, Cinderella kind of stories uh, that we hear, but that's no coincidence. Once they prove themselves faithful with a broom, then they can be trusted with a pencil, and then an office chair, and then, before you know it, leadership is granted to them because they were faithful in the small things, just the little things. And look, let's look at how that was lived out in the life of Daniel. It's tremendous. I love how that principle just shines in, uh, in the book of Daniel. We'll walk through these as uh, quickly and yet as carefully as we can to try to see what it is God's saying to us here tonight. Number one, uh, Daniel is advanced from prisoner to ruler. And that's a, boy, that, you talk about playing leapfrog, that's a pretty long jump that he has made to go from the guy in the prison all the way to being ruler, but we'll take a look at how that happens. So back into the book of Daniel now, if you'll go with me to chapter two. Is everybody there? Daniel chapter 2. Let's read, follow along if you will. I'm going to move right along and I need you to stay with me as we move quickly tonight. Daniel 2. Notice in the first five verses, 
And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. We've had nightmares before. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king and the king said unto them, I've dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream and we'll show thee the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, the thing is gone from me. I've forgotten it, but I'm still scared about it, you know. If you will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, you shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. That would not be a good day in the household of where you lived. So, um, so they're like, what in the world kind of a request is this all about? Then drop down to verse 11. Verses 11 to 13, notice, we're kind of skipping around here, obviously. Verse 11, and it is a rare thing that the king requireth, and there is none other that, um, that can show it before the king except the gods, small g gods, whose dwelling is uh, not with flesh. For this cause, the king was angry and was very furious and, and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. That does it, guys. You're, you're going to be wiped out. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. So we're getting a little deeper here now. Then we get into verse 16. Down to verse 16. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then you go down to 19. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then... Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and light dwelleth with him. Hmm. That's interesting. Wonder how Daniel knew how to get a hold of God in a, in a way like that and to be able to think clearly with his life on the line. I don't know if anybody's ever, maybe some of the men here may have been in a, on a battlefield where bullets, real bullets are flying over your head and you can hear them crashing around you uh, and you knew your life was literally on the line. There's probably very few of us that have really truly had our life on the line but when I talked to people like that and they knew life and death was right in front of them, it was very hard and very difficult to focus. I, I've been told of men on the battlefield, uh, they've been commanded to charge the enemy and they'll see their fellow soldiers falling all around them and grown hardened men will begin to weep and cry and throw their guns down and turn around and run away. Because when you are in um, a life and death situation, it's really difficult for you to stop and concentrate and think clearly in the mind and, and to stay in control with your heart. But that's where Daniel is. Daniel is in that place. He knows that it's been commanded, all the astrologers, soothsayers, and all those things, all those guys are commanded already to be wiped out. And he's just begging the king, hey, just give me just a little bit of time. I I'll be able to give you the interpretation of this dream. And for him to get aside and to be able to get a hold of God, 
during the most difficult time probably of his life up until this point is really none other than what I would call miraculous for him to be able to do that. I mean, that's, it's a huge deal. Life is very precious at this point. And how was Daniel so composed? Please don't miss this. How was he so composed during this time? And there's no other answer for that except that he learned his composure during his small, you know, those little insignificant times that you have an opportunity to be able to get alone with God. We call them devotions. Time when you get alone with God and you spend a little time in prayer with the Lord, you get in touch with God and God gets in touch with you. The Word of God speaks to your heart. You know without doubt my anchor is still secure in heaven. I'm in fellowship with the Lord and I know that hand of God is with me. Now I'm going to step out in my day and begin to serve the Lord today. It's called devotions. It's a time when I get alone with God. It was a time that Daniel had obviously gotten alone with God during times that you say, well, you know, really, is that really all that important? Take, you know, those few minutes in the day before you get out and get going in the day. And and, uh, there's nothing that big out in front of me. Hey, let me say this. You don't know what's out in front of you for the day. And Daniel had no idea that this decree was going to come flying across his door, that all the, you know, the wise men and him being one of them, you're going to die today because none of you can interpret the king's dream. Not only can you not interpret the king's dream, you can't even come up with the dream, which was the bigger one of the, those two things. He would have never known that. How could you have had that in your heart and mind? And you don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. When you step out of the house tomorrow, you don't know what's going to be on your doorstep by five o'clock that evening or phone call that has to come in we don't know that but Daniel knows and understands that it doesn't matter what comes my way through the day if I've spent my time with God in the morning then I can handle what comes to my life throughout the day and I I know we talk about you know you need to have your Bible time and your prayer with God read your Bible and have prayer time with God I hear that all the time And I've heard, you know, people kind of say, I've heard that preached until I'm sick of hearing that kind of stuff preached all the time. We know we're supposed to have our devotions, I've heard people say. But are you having your devotions? Are you having a time with God where you get alone with the King of Kings and God deals with your heart and grace of God comes into you and you sense that God is giving me what I'm going to need to make it throughout the rest of the day? Now drop down, if you will, in uh, verses 27 and 28 all right same chapter chapter 2 verses 27 and 28 Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men the astrologers the magicians the soothsayers show unto the king boy listen to this in verse 28 and I love this but there's a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to King Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be in the latter days? Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And he lays them out in vivid detail, and they know exactly, he knows exactly that that's, that is what I was thinking about. It That is the dream that I had. I mean, he, he knew there was a great God because of his quiet times that he had with God. So Daniel reminds the king of his dream and then interprets the dream for him. Amazing. Now drop down to verse 46, same chapter. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation, a sacrifice, and sweet odors unto him. Now Daniel knows that's not supposed to go to him and he's turning the glory of that right back to God. I'll guarantee you that. But in verse 47, 
The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods, a capital G God of the small g gods, do you get that? Is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. Man, hey, isn't that something? I mean, some people are just born with a silver spoon in their mouth. You ever notice that? Some people just, they're so lucky. They get it all. I don't know how they just fall into those kind of things like that. They just happen to be in the right place at the right time. No, that is not the case. Daniel uh, was not born with some silver spoon in his mouth. He was a captive in a strange land. But he just learned that wherever he was in life, he was going to remain devoted to God. It doesn't matter if I'm back home in my homeland, uh, back in Jerusalem, and things are good, I'm going to bow down to my God. If I get carried away into some captivity and I'm not in a good place, and I'm discouraged and, uh, and I'm not happy with where I'm at in life, I'm still going to spend my time with God. And because of that, he had a time that was devoted just to God. You want to to call it that rather than having your devotions? Go ahead and do that. But have a time where you're devoted to God and God can be devoted to you. And when the big things in life come along in that day, you've already dealt with the greatest one in the universe and he can help you with what seems like a big thing in your life for the day. Matthew 6, 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, listen to this phrase, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. In other words, because I got alone with God and I spent time with God, nobody else was seeing me, everybody else is out having a good time or whatever they're doing, I'm alone in secret with God, but when I'm out now and the day is working, and I've, I've got a time where I really need to see God, God will openly reward me in a, in a time where big things are taking place throughout the day because I learn how to have a secret time with God out in the open. God can bless us abundantly. I can't challenge us enough to know and understand how critical it is to spend time with God every day of your life. It is not such a little insignificant thing in your day. It's a huge thing. It needs to be much greater than the things that are going to come to your way. Uh, that you may not even be aware of. Number two, Daniel is given divine protection. And now let's go over to chapter six. Take this just a little bit further. Gets a little bit deeper. Daniel chapter six. And look in verse one. We're going to jump around a little bit again, so stay with me on that. Daniel six and verse one, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom in 120 princess which should be over the whole kingdom and over these three presidents of whom Daniel was first they wanted to kick him out of being the president can you imagine that that the princes might give accounts unto them and the king should have no damage then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm I want to I want to show you a golden verse, and I call it golden uh, with good purpose. Now drop down to verse 10, same chapter. 
You know how the story goes. These guys were jealous of him, and they knew the only, they, only way they were going to get him taken out was to um, have him go against a decree of the king himself. And they quick drew up this decree, and the king signed it with his uh, ring and so forth. And uh, so look in verse 10. This is a big one. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Key words here, as he did aforetime, like he was used to doing every day. This was nothing new to him. And just because there's a great big deal out in front of him now, and my life is on the line again, here it is again, um, you know, my, my life's on the line here. If I'm found to be uh, praying to any other God other than to the king during this time period, that uh, you're going to be cast alive into the pit of lions. And he knew that. But here's what's really critical to know and understand. I, I just love this. Daniel wasn't worried because he knew that if I just spend time with the one who's over everything, then the little things that come to me in life throughout my day are going to be handled and taken care of in God's way. And whatever that way is, I'm good with that. Okay? Then go down to verse 16. Same chapter. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Well, it happened. Now how good is your devotions, Daniel? You who try to stand up for the things of God, you know, we call it, goody two-shoes and would somebody please tell me why we call it goody two-shoes it's got to be a 400 year old statement but we just keep living with that yeah how good your devotions now drop it down into that lion's den they're thinking verse 20 verse 20 and when he came to the den this is the king couldn't sleep all night he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? And he stopped and put his, his uh, hand to his ear like he's cupping his ear trying to hear uh, closer. Verse 21, then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Man, I think the king shot straight up and rejoiced. My God, verse 22, hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Wow. I mean, guys, you stop and think about this and there's, there's really no way for us to really grasp the full depth of this unless you and I would you know, walk up to a lion's cage and the cage was just flung open and you're there before the lions and then you feel this stark fear in front of you. I mean, there's no real way to really grasp all of this, but try to allow your heart to kind of get into these thoughts, if you will. Um, those lions were hungry lions. They were kept hungry on purpose to devour wicked men soon as they would drop in there i mean within seconds their bodies were ripped to shreds and were being eaten uh in some cases before they've had a good chance to die um, typically the victims didn't last more than a few seconds as the lions as i said would shred the men who entered their space but guys listen and please hear this but this was a different man that appeared in their space that day this man has been in touch with <laughs> i like this the Lion King. 
He was closely related to the lion of the tribe of Judah. And instead of overcoming Daniel, they were sent whimpering back to the the backside of the den like little kittens. Daniel drops down into that pit. They see Daniel. They see more than Daniel is there. I've got an idea like the donkey that uh, spoke to the prophet and whose eyes could see what the prophet Balaam could not see. I believe somehow these lions were able to see a great and mighty God or angels that are gathered around this man and went uh, cowering into the back of their den like little kittens. I mean, a new lion entered uh, that den that day and he roared louder than any of the lions that were in that cave. And it wasn't that there wasn't any danger nor um, was there a lack of potential fear maybe on Daniel's part. It's just that Daniel spent time with God and God gave Daniel divine protection. I mean, how many times we need God's divine intervention in our lives and in our families? We have got to be in touch with God daily in our devotions. The Bible tells us that Satan walks about as a roaring lion, just looking for somebody that he can devour for the day. He is hungry. He wants to take some Christian down, and the sooner he can do it, the better. He can't wait to strike the heart of a a Christian and then watch the family of that Christian mourn and cry and weep and wonder, what happened to my loved one and why do they seem to keep falling? Or maybe it's you as an individual always saying, why are these things constantly happening to me? That roaring lion seems to be able to get to me anytime he wants to. What's wrong with my life? Well, I believe this, like Daniel, if you and I will spend time with the lion of the tribe of Judah, if you'll spend time with Jesus Christ, and you just have such a walk with God that you now abide in him and he abides in you, When trouble comes our way for the day, it's not that trouble is shoved out of the way. You're still going to have trouble. Lions are going to come before you. I I mean, a fiery furnace is no doubt going to face us from time to time. It's just that when we face those things, we have God walking hand in hand with us. And you say, well, how did guys like Daniel get that? And it's no different than how you and I would get that. We get those things when we get alone with God every day, when we have a little time we call devotions. Somehow the devil has gotten you and me to think that, you know, that little time we spend with God, yeah, I I enjoy it, and every now and then I get a little thrill out of that. There's times I just feel like God's really close, and then there's sometimes it seems so far away, but sometimes, most of the time it does something for me. And then I'll head on out the door. Every day, Christians need to know what it means to get into a little quiet place in your life somewhere that you can get away. Hey, preacher, we have 72 kids in our house. There is no such thing as a quiet place in our house. There's one room. Let's go in there and lock the door and uh, spend a little time with God. Get alone with the Lord and just tell him, God, I don't know what's coming my way today. And I don't know all the things that I'm going to be facing, but I know you do. And if I could just take hold of the hand of the one that's going to be with me throughout this day, when the lions come, and and when my life is being threatened, and and when my reputation or, you know, some really, really big things are on the line, I'll just know that I'm holding the hand of the one that's greater than all these things. I have to have the hand of God today. 
And I don't know how else to challenge this. I got another whole point here that uh, we could go into. It's not necessary for my message tonight. But um, I'm just saying, how is your devotion life? Really, honestly, how are your devotions? And then can I also ask you this at the same time? How's your life? There's times when life is really, really hard. But if I'm walking with God, I just know it's going to be okay. I still have peace in the midst of the storm. Um, and then there's time when I don't have a walk with God. I, I've been in a rush. Other things are more important. That's really what it boils down to. Other things have become more important. And I haven't taken the time to get with Him like I should. And my day is horrible. And things don't go so well. And little things in life seem so big. And the lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour just will not let go of me for that day because he know he, he's got an easy target today. My challenge for us tonight is, uh, would you be willing to make a renewed commitment for a time with you and God and just determine, God, I, I need you every day of my life. Since I need you every day of my life, it's obvious I need you every moment in my life. There's too many things that's going to come my way that I'm not going to be able to handle if I'm not holding the hand of the Lord. What an example of a, a man that knew how to purpose in his heart. That means he on purpose got, a, got alone, spent time with God. He didn't know that the decree was going to go out to take his life. He didn't know he was facing necessarily a lion's den in a, in a day or two. But three times a day that man got alone with God and spent time with the Lord. I mean it was a walk with God. It wasn't just a a habit it wasn't a ritual it was a time where he got alone with God and was fed from the Lord and God fed his heart and soul and once he knew his heart had been fed and he talked with his God like he needed to he knew he could get up off his knees and have a good day no matter what came his way and I'd really uh, one more time challenge our church tonight to renew your commitment to spend the time with God every day of your life teenagers every day of your life spend some time with the Lord and have a walk with God. I ask you just to go ahead and bow your head with me, if you will. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Every head bowed. Father, again, I thank you, Lord, for God's word and for, as you taught us in the New Testament, that the things that happened in the Old Testament were written for our uh, example that we could learn from those and to know how to take notice and to be a stronger person as a result of that. And I'm asking you tonight, God, would you please, Father, speak to our hearts this evening and help us to know and understand that you so want a time with us every day, that you long to hear from the voice of your children, and how sorely we really need that from the Lord every day, and how we need to be fed in God's Word and to hear your voice and to know that I'm holding the hand of the one who knows the way. So bless tonight, God. May we commit fresh and anew to a time with the Lord each and every day of our life. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.